Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. Okay, friends, I am in a situation where I have a guest that is so entertaining and interesting to me that is going to be hard for me to just interview her and focus on this podcast. So everyone, get ready for Amy Porterfield. She's an ex-corporate girl turned online marketing expert and CEO of a multi-million dollar business. She has a new book that has made such an impact called Two Weeks Notice. It's called Find the Courage to Quit Your Job, Make More Money, Work Where You Want, and Change the World. So two weeks notice. I mean, who does not want to give two weeks notice if they're not loving what they do? So obviously, you know, in her corporate days, she worked with large brands like Harley Davidson. Uh, She worked with Tony Robbins. Um, ironic. I'm having dinner with somebody on his team this Friday. I bet you it's a mutual friend of ours. Oh, too funny. Um, it's so funny. And then also she has her best-selling courses, top-ranked marketing podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy. Um, and she's helped hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs turn in their two weeks notice, trade burnout for freedom, income, and impact. She has a very uh, tactical action step focused teaching style, which I think is so perfect for aspiring business owners. So I want to ask her today, all things, quitting your job, starting a business. I know a lot of you are worried about a recession, the economy changing. And one thing you don't know, Amy, is that I spent $2 million on Facebook ads in 2016 and you were the queen during that era for me. Oh my gosh. It feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I sound like such a baller. Like I have $2 million to throw out ads today. Everyone that things have changed, but at that time I did. Okay. So without further ado, thank you so much for being here. I am delighted. I'm so glad I was looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. I I feel like seeing you in person, it's funny because I feel like internet people, it's like we pop out of the computer screen into each other's (laughs) lives. Yes. (laughs) And one thing that I noted with you is there's something very wholesome about you. And I, I, I imagine that that's very comforting for people who are starting a business. Like growing up in LA, you feel like very real. And so I know one thing that's very real right now is that there's been a change in the online marketing world. So I want to speak to the soon-to-be or the current entrepreneurs who are wanting to go online marketing and also you know, the other types of entrepreneurs who maybe they don't know who they are yet or they have a product or something. Um, so I have lots of questions about both, but I'm finding that a lot of people are scared of the recession. It's very real that the market feels more crowded and I have a pretty positive mindset. And yet I know that there's something very real going on in the economy right now. So I would love just to start there on like, what is your mindset um, right now as it relates to entrepreneurs in the workforce, um, marketing strategies that you find are working or just how it's changed? You know, speaking of the recession, I would say if if I didn't know my past, I would say, yeah, this is a scary time to start a business and things are a little shaky and maybe you should keep your job a little bit longer and then kind of see what you want to do when things kind of even out. I could say that. That's not the advice I give. And one of the reasons I can't say it is because I started my business in 2009 on the heels of a recession and 
I wouldn't change it for the world. And really, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world in terms of recession or not. If you are in doing something right now that does not bring you joy, that you wake up in the morning and you are miserable and don't want to do it. If you have the Sunday scaries every single Sunday, you have to really get honest about, wait a second, there's got to be another way. I wrote my book two weeks notice because there absolutely is another way for somebody that on your heart, you think you look around and think there's got to be something better for me. And so, yes, I think the online, um, world, the online business world is dramatically changing, but I actually think it's easier to get started. And what I mean by that is that there's so many ways to make money online and there's so many opportunities to get started scrappy where I think even 14 years ago when I started, I think it's easier to get started now. Now, is it more congested? Is there a lot of noise online? Do you have to break through it? Absolutely. But if you want it, I do believe it is yours for the taking. And I do believe that there are more ways to get started and it's easier than ever. So I have that unique perspective. Not everyone's going to agree with me, but that's how I feel. I I really get that. And I really love that. One of the things that I felt so deeply ever since I started my business is that there's room on top for great people. Yes, It's not to say that everyone's not great, but I think that not everyone. And for me being a clarity fulfillment person in my content, um, one of the things I think about a lot is just like alignment and creating things that you really are meant to create and feel alive about. And, um, I think not everyone matches themselves up correctly. And, and that is what causes them to maybe not get the results that they want, but when you're really lined up with what you want to do. Um, and so that's kind of what gets me curious to ask you people who are thinking right now, maybe like, am I even ready to quit? Um, maybe they don't know what they want to do next. What would be your thought on that? Um, like, do you just burn the bridge behind you? Go all in. Do you have a part-time thing, a freelance, like what is the strategy side of it? You know, the book might be called two weeks notice, but what I don't suggest is you wake up one morning and think, I'm just going to give my notice and I'll figure it out. That has worked for a few people, but most of us need a little bit of a runway. So I don't suggest you burning the bridges and just going for it. I like a good plan. And I really believe that, uh, first of all, if you're waiting to quit something because you're waiting for the, the confidence, it's never coming. Confidence is something that comes once you get going, once you have a proven track record and you're like, oh, okay, I've done it this way. I'll do a little bit more that way and I'll get where I want to go. Confidence is something that comes later. What we need is courage. So in the subtitle, find the courage to quit your job. I didn't say confidence because I think that does not happen in the beginning. So this courage, this idea of courage, this leap of faith, it comes when you start to get really clear on what you want. It's such a great question and so hard to answer sometimes. What do you want? What do you want for your life? What do you want your days to look like? What do you want for your relationships? I don't love journaling. However, I do journal on the regular because it absolutely frees my mind and clears my mind daily. And I do a lot of what do you want? And sometimes I get stuck. I'm like, I I don't know what I want next. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that's very real for someone wanting to leave something behind and going after something new. But here's what I tell people, and I talk about this in the book, we just need to start our idea. We just need to get going because action creates clarity. And once you put yourself out there, let's say uh, a side hustle, that's what I would suggest in the beginning. Keep your nine to five job, 
start a side hustle around something that brings you joy, something that you are excited to talk about, excited to build. It does not need to be all figured out. It does not need to be your end all be all. It's not gonna be etched in stone on your tombstone. We are just getting started. You'd be amazed how things start to take shape when you take action. I have a question for you. When you first started, what what were you doing in the very beginning versus what you do now? Is it different? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So different. I hear it all the time. It's yeah. it's usually always very different. So don't be worried about that starter idea having to be the end all be all. It's just to get you momentum. I love that. And there's such a value in momentum. Sometimes I think about when people have hired me privately or joined something I'm offering, it feels like I'm not just here to tell anyone what to do. I'm just here to help someone else get momentum. Yes. And um, I know a lot of people are feeling that stuckness and I feel like I could, you know, do endless amounts of podcasts on just feeling stuck. Um, And one truth that I've uncovered over the years is that we're always in transition. We're always in an era of the unknown. Even, you know, our skin cells are dying every seven years. We have a new body. So I guess what I would ask is for someone who is feeling that stuckness where they're like, I don't even know what I like. You know, when you get get those um clients that it's like ah I'm, I'm i'm so stuck i can't even pick a thing that would be fun or that i want to talk about what would be a starting point that you would offer someone to maybe just reconnect to themselves my friend are you ready to launch your own podcast now more than ever is the time to start since i launched the u-turn podcast in 2018 I've grown this show to hit the top charts, and we've even been so grateful to bring in over six figures in sponsorship deals nearly every year. And we have amazing conversations with top leaders and experts, as you know, and I just can't believe to this day that I get to have this much fun and that the show gets to support my business with sponsors we love that we get to share with you about. I'm so enamored by the fact that I get to have this much fun and impact while being paid to do it. And I want the same for you. So if the idea of you doing the same, creating a podcast, monetizing it and making an impact feels exciting and expansive, you're in the right place. And I want to share with you that my podcast launch course is coming. But in the meantime, I wanted to give you a complimentary, very detailed launch checklist filled with prompting questions to get you clear on your show, tactical action items, and everything else that you don't forget anything as well as the creative ideas to market and launch with impact. So what I have here is more than just a free checklist. It's the beginning of your future as a fellow podcaster. I really want this for you if you have the inspiration I did. So head on over to ashleystahl.com slash checklist and you can get this tool that's totally free. Again, that's ashleystahl.com slash checklist for my free checklist to start your podcast and launch with love. One thing I would say is that if you want to start a business, if you want to move on from what you're doing and you want to do your own thing, but you feel stuck or you don't have a good enough idea or you have too many ideas and you're like, I don't know if any of them are going to work. I want you to think about your 10% edge. So this idea of a 10% edge is that whatever you want to start, you don't need to be the expert of all experts. You don't need more education, more time, more experience. You have results in many areas of your life, whether it be personal, 
personal, business, relationships, friendships, whatever it might be, you have gotten results and and you have done things that are impressive throughout your life. And I want you to think about what is something that you would love to teach or something you would love to help people with, or like you said, help get them momentum. But look for that 10% edge. And why I bring up the 10% edge is a lot of people won't get started because they think they need more. They're not enough. And that is absolutely not true. So to get you unstuck, what do you know that you could say, hey, follow me. I know how to do this. And you just need to be a few steps ahead of those you serve, not years ahead of those you serve. And that should allow some people that are listening, take a deep breath. We don't need to overthink this. It doesn't need to be as big. You just need to be a few steps ahead of those that you serve so you can show them the way. I love that because I feel like sometimes people think they need, quote, the best of the best. And to them, that looks like somebody that's a hundred steps above on down the stairwell. But it's like that person's so far away. You've missed like 500 different steps and there's such yes. a dignity to process. So it's so true. And think about it this way. I would love if Oprah did a course on how to build a business. However, it would be hard for me to totally relate to the business she created, how she's done it, where she is now. She is so light years ahead of me that it would be interesting to me, but it would be practical. Would it be practical? Probably not. But if I could learn some, I teach digital courses, how to create digital courses. So if I could learn from somebody who's already gone before me in the area I'm in, how they've done it, and they just are a few steps ahead of me. So it's relatable. I'm all for it. And so you might be way more relatable than that person that's intimidating you because you're like, they've been doing it for 10 years. They're making more money with than me. They have a bigger audience. Yeah. And they're also unrelatable to some people where you won't be. So it's yeah. just something to think about. Definitely. And I know that as people start to think about a side hustle or an exit strategy, there's going to be anxiety on all sorts of different fronts, mostly yes. if you're a human. So you're probably going to feel anxiety about money, the golden handcuffs, as they call it. Can you talk to the golden handcuff people right now? Because I'm sure there's plenty of them on the line. Okay, good. Because I had them. So golden handcuffs is essentially, you've got a good job. You're getting paid well. You're doing cool things. And still, you are not happy. So in my situation... I worked for Tony Robbins for almost seven years. I got to travel the world and work on the content that he does on stage, like Unleash the Power Within, Date with Destiny. If you know Tony, you know those events. I got paid well. I got to travel. I got to do cool things. I got to meet with cool people. And still, I didn't have what I ultimately wanted, which was freedom. I didn't call the shots. I had had a boss since the day I started working. I wanted freedom more than I wanted the really cool job that paid me well, that gave me a lot of ego and clout with it. And so that's when you know it's harder to leave golden handcuffs than it is a job that you hate, but still ultimately comes back to what do you want? And it doesn't matter how great that job is. If that's not what you want, you're going to have to let it go. Mm, I always say in my book and and having worked in counterterrorism in my 20s, I I was in a career path that wasn't a fit for me. And so one of the things I learned during that era is like who you are always wins. So like whether you want to rip the damn bandaid this week or you want to rip it next week, you're going to have to rip it and cry. So when do you want to cry? Truly, I think there's some truth in really honoring who you are and allowing that to be the case. So you know, I think a lot of people are listening and they're thinking, okay, well, what do I really want? Um, and that is a very intimidating question to answer. 
how do you help someone start to think about, well, what do they even really want? Do you have any goal setting processes or anything like that? Well, one process that I use that helps people when they really are stuck, look, I don't know, Amy, I'm not exactly sure what I want. And I'll say, well, I bet you know what you don't want. Yeah. And so we do some journaling around what do you not want? So for me, when I worked at Tony Robbins, I was really clear I didn't want a boss. That was one thing. As much as I love Tony, I didn't want a boss anymore. And so knowing that I didn't want a boss led me to, oh, what I ultimately want is freedom. I want to be my own boss. But mm -hmm. I didn't know that before I knew I don't want a boss anymore. I don't want to be on someone's time or someone else's dime. So start with what you don't want. As much as, yeah, it's a negative take, it definitely starts to shine a light on, well, if I don't want this, then I must want that. And mm. so I think that's one simple process that you can use. You know, it, what you remind me of is also just this idea of boundaries. Like a lot of people can find where they're not setting boundaries when they have resentment. It's like yes. resentment such an opener. It's like, okay, where are you spiteful? Okay, well, then there's a need not being met. So I love yeah. how you're explaining that. It makes total sense to me. Oh, I love that you said that. I talk about that all the time. When I start feeling resentful, then I know that something is absolutely off. And I want to point something else out. Uh, people that are listening right now, if they're thinking about starting something new, I think it's very normal to look around on social media and yes. feel envy about something you don't have. I just had a great girlfriend send me a text and she's like, I got to be vulnerable. I'm feeling jealous about this one person online. And she explained why. And one thing that comes to mind, every time you feel envious, jealousy about somebody else online, doing something bigger than you, better than you, an opportunity you wanted that you didn't get and they did. All you have to ask yourself, don't beat yourself up for feeling jealous. Ask yourself, what do they have that I want? What do they have that I want? And that will help you start to understand what is it that you want? You're feeling envy because they have X, Y, Z. Oh, then maybe that is something you want. And then ask yourself, are you willing to do the things that it takes to get that? Because yeah. sometimes you're not willing to do those things. But if you are willing to do those things, let's get to work. My friend, are you ready to stay hydrated this summer? I have something for you, grapefruit salt from Element. It's L-M-N-T, because healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water, it's about water and electrolytes. It makes sense. You lose both water and sodium when you sweat, and both of those need to be replaced to prevent muscle cramps, headaches, energy dips throughout the day. But most people only replace the water. So why is that? Well. Since the 1940s, we've been told to drink eight glasses of water per day, thirsty or not. But drinking beyond your thirst is a bad idea. It actually dilutes your blood electrolyte levels, especially sodium, which leads to headaches, low energy, cramps, confusion, or worse. So this low sodium situation called hyponatremia is super common among endurance athletes, and the solution is not to stop drinking water either. It's to drink water with electrolytes. That is where LMNT, my favorite brand for electrolytes, has you covered. So former research biochemist Rob Wolf and Keto Gains co-founder Louis Villasenor formulated Element to provide the optimal ratios of sodium, potassium, and magnesium for health, performance, and energy. 
They also formulated Element to please your palate. It tastes so good. Try orange salt, citrus salt, watermelon salt, or you can experiment with five other flavors like this summer's grapefruit. I even like to put Element's chocolate flavor into my coffee in the morning sometimes. So Element just gave us a really fun offer. All you have to go do is head on over to drinkelement.com slash Ashley Stahl. That's D-R-I-N-K. L-M-N-T dot com slash A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L to receive a free sample pack of every flavor with your first purchase. My personal favorite is the watermelon and the lime. Again, that's drinkelement.com slash Ashley Stahl. Your salty little summer starts now. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes success, when I look at it, I'm like, this is actually quite simpler than we're all making it out to be. And it's just all of our resistance that we have in our relationship to it. But yeah, it's like, I want to be fit, but I don't want to go to the gym. Okay, all good. I mean, and I'm speaking yeah. for myself, literally. Same um, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so side hustle. I know a lot of people are probably thinking about, okay, well, I'm really, maybe I want to create an Etsy store because I'm really good at doing caricatures of people's dog or whatever is really, really fun. Um, and they're afraid that people are going to find them out. Like, okay, well, I'm not ready to threaten my job. Um, or they feel like maybe they're going to get fired for doing something on the side. I know that in a lot of states, non-competes or different, um, different clauses that prevent you from working in some way or another are not really enforceable. So everybody has to check their own state laws for that. But I imagine there's just that very real fear. So what would you have to say about people finding out that you have a business or you wanting to put it on Instagram and share about it? Like, what's your advice for that? Oh, I love this question. So yes, we're going to take off the table if you're allowed to do it or not. Something worth looking into, looking into the business policies, looking into the laws. Most of the time, it's not an issue. It's in your head, your own fears. So we're just going to go with that angle, like you said. So let's say that you're an accountant and you work for a firm, but you want to do these character caricatures of dogs, which I love. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. I love it though. Sign me up. Like, yeah. And so you're going to put yourself out there on Instagram. And the first thing you're thinking of is what will people think? They're going to think I've lost my mind. Who do I think I am? Why am I building this business on the side? Am I not happy in my business or in my company? They're going to ask me questions and they might, but here's the truth. Anybody that has negative feedback for you, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? This is ridiculous. They likely have never done what you're going after. Someone who is doing big things, making their way in the world, they do not have time to cut you down. So you have to consider the source. So one of the things that I talk about in my book is that when you're ready to leave your job and you start to put a, a, a runway together, I teach you how to put a runway together to leave your job over a certain amount of time. You only tell three people. Now, three people, I just kind of made that up because that's what I did. But the goal is you don't tell a lot of people. And the reason for that is most people cannot hold your dream. They do not have space for that. And what they likely have is a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do it because they haven't done it. So we have to be careful with worrying about what other people think when those other people would never be as bold or courageous as you are. We just can't care what they think. And also, if they have questions, you get to be the keeper of your information, meaning you get to share as much as you want or as little as you want. You know, you owe nobody an explanation. Now it's one thing, let's say you're an accountant for a firm and on the side, you're taking individual clients. 
that gets a little tricky. Yeah, yeah. that your your professional your employer might have a problem with that, but they're not going to have a problem with you drawing these pictures of dogs. So your fear is what will other people think? And Gary Vaynerchuk always says that literally is the killer of entrepreneurship, worrying yeah. about what other people think. It's normal. I do it all the time, but I have to snap out of it really quickly. Yes. I love this. Okay. I want to talk tactical because you are so good at the tactics and the strategies. And I say that in the most authentic way. Like I feel like um, when I started my digital marketing focused business and I started releasing e-courses, it felt like there, it was an era of like still like the big red dashes and like yeah. slashes and like flashing buttons. Yes. And I feel like people are jaded and also inspired to learn. It's like they're just as scared as they are inspired. Like I think a lot of audiences, they want to buy and they want to trust someone, but they also are scared that they're going to get taken advantage of. They're going to lose their money. Um, so what if we could do like a little business in a box right now for everybody yeah. listening where it's like, let's say Sally's listening. I don't know why I always say Sally, but let's say Sally's listening and she is like, I'm going to start, I'm going to sell my first online course. This is like your, your butt bread and butter. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't have a following. She's at her job in corporate right now. Let's say she's like the top fashion designer at her job. And she's like, I want to teach fashion designers how to blah, blah, blah. Where does she even begin with a side yes. hustle pending that her corporate job doesn't care she does that? Okay. So this is why I wrote the book because a lot of people are like, where the heck do I even start? And I felt that way when I left Tony Robbins, like what the heck did I just do? And so the first thing is I want you to get really clear on your 10% edge. And so it sounds like Sally did. She wants to teach fashion to specific group of people. It's her starter idea. She doesn't know if it's going to work, nor is it going to be set in stone. So she's going to give it a shot. The first thing, once you kind of figure out that 10% edge that you're going to go after, it's okay if you don't have an offer yet. It's okay if you haven't created something to sell. You don't even have an audience yet. And the best way to grow an audience is with content creation. We've got to start creating content. And when I say that, here's what I mean. You either start a blog, a podcast, video show, or something you do on the regular every single week on live social media. Instagram Live, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, whatever you want to do. And so it's one of those four things. I'm going to repeat it one more time. You need a blog, podcast, video show, or some kind of live thing you do every single week. Now, that means that you are creating content to put yourself on the map. The reason I have a multi-million dollar business is I am absolutely known for something, but that didn't happen overnight. I had to get content out there. I had to try what was what my audience wants, see what they resonated with, do more of that. I've been podcasting since 2013. It's been a long time. And so that's the one thing I wish I started even earlier, weekly original content. Now, from that weekly original content, you can start to grow your audience and more importantly, grow your email list. Mm -hmm. So I talk a lot about this in the book and in just my own stuff that I do. An email list is one of the most important assets that you can grow in your business. It's more important than social media. 
And the reason I say that is social media, it's like building your business on rented land. Mark Zuckerberg or now Elon Musk can change that algorithm and boom, everything that you've been doing that's working could change overnight. But we need social media to grow our audience, to get ourselves out there, but also to help us grow an email list. If you move the people from social onto your email list, now you have an asset you can control. No one's changing that algorithm and you actually have an asset that can give you confidence in your business. Because if you grow that email list, it can make you money at any time. And Mm -hmm. so creating content on a regular basis and growing your email list are the two things that most of us entrepreneurs regret not starting earlier. And it's absolutely the place you should start. Mm. Okay. So I love this so much. I feel like, okay, personal story that I think relates to this. Um, In 2016, I created my job hunting course. I failed at it for like a year, was in debt. And the next thing I knew, I made $5 million in two months because you know what, but you know how Facebook ads work. You like it works and then you, you scale it. it. There's a whole story there of like, you know, it was an era where um, automated webinars were not as much of a trend yet. The market has changed, but the, like you said, there's still always an opportunity. Here I am seven years later and I email my list all the time and I love doing it, but it strikes me that there's 516,000 souls on there and I don't know, I don't know what they're into. I don't know who they are anymore. Like we can do demographic stuff. Da, da. So let's say somebody's listening now, they have a thousand people on their email list or whatever the number is. Um, and they're they're following your advice, right? Like they're putting content out consistently. They're catching those leads with an email list. Um, I'm sure all of you by now listening, you know, if you've been to my website or any any website for a content creator, you've seen a free offer for you to opt in, whether it's a free guide, a free checklist, a power pack, a super power pack. I don't even know whatever, a meditation, you know, right. a dog caricature, apparently yes. I'm just like coming undone. Those are popular. Those are huge right now. Oh. Um, but point being like, there's some incentive and value that you're offering. But as you change, I imagine everybody on your email list changes. And I know that surveying is a thing. Um, but you can only count on, you know, such a small percent to respond. So how would you recommend someone, let's say they get their first 500 or a thousand people start to feel the pulse of like, what the heck do I offer these people? Cause we all know in marketing, it's not just about what you want to offer. It's what people want to receive from you. What's going on, U-Turner? This episode, I wanted to take a moment to just acknowledge one of my absolute favorite brands in the world, making the biggest impact on my day-to-day beauty and its herbal face food. It's the only skincare product that I've become so obsessed with. I use it every day. I didn't even reach out and ask them to sponsor the podcast. I wanted to just stop by and highlight one of my favorite things. I am the first person to admit that I obsess over skincare. If I could make my skin look like I'm seven years old, I probably would. And I want to share with you the one thing that I've been using that has changed my skin, and it's the Cure product from Herbal Face Foods. So if you have acne or hormonal acne or even a melasma, any discoloration on your face, it literally cured my hormonal acne in less than two weeks. It left my skin feeling so soft, so smooth. And since I'm really particular about what I put in my body, I also care about what goes on to my body. So Herbal Face Foods product is made for 
Spectrum's 57 natural botanicals. And their products are antiviral. And yes, they are so natural that you can literally eat them, though I probably don't recommend trying to. I loved it so much that I wanted to reach out to them and get a discount code for you so that you can experience them. So just head on over to ashleystahl.com slash skin. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L dot com slash skin and use the code Ashley20 at checkout to get a discount on your order. I love their serum and I love their cure product. I use it every morning, every night, and it's just been such a game changer making me look younger, my face look brighter. I hear from so many of you. I wanted instead of posting an ad right here to just share and shout out one of my favorite brands and give you this promo code of Ashley20 over at Herbal Face Foods. Thanks again for tuning in and back to the episode. Yes. So let's say you got 500 people on your email list and you want to make an offer. You got to make some money. And so that's a, that would be the next step. Let's put together an offer. And the best way to put together an offer is think about your industry or your market or whatever it is. And what is a problem that you have absolutely faced and overcome? Because Obviously, when we are putting together offers, when we are making money, we are either hitting a challenge problem someone has or a desire that they have. And so we've got to get clear, what challenge are you solving? A desire usually is not as prevalent as I have a challenge and I need a solution. So that's kind of the easiest place to stay. And so you've got to ask yourself, what is this challenge? Either you've had the challenge and you've overcome it, or you just know this is a challenge in the market that I can absolutely address, speak to, and help people solve. And so that's going to be your offer. Now, once you have that, that's where you start. Once you have that, the next question is, well, how do we want to package it? In my book, I talk about all these different business models. We can do one-on-one coaching or group coaching. We can do some kind of consulting. We could turn it into a service-based business where you're actually doing the work for people. They love to pay you to do it for them. Of course, you could create a digital course, which is my specialty, or a membership or some kind of mastermind. There are so many different ways to package this so that you are solving a problem that they absolutely need a solution to. And so, but here's the thing. Let's put together a simple offer. I think a simple offer is group coaching for the next three months. I'm taking 10 clients. It's this amount of money. You can pay me in one lump sum or monthly. The first 10 students, we're good to go and I'm closing it up. You send multiple emails and you talk about it on social. I like a really simple offer to start. Mm, Okay, I love this. And I can only imagine so many people, if they're anything like I was when I got started, it's like, I read, you know, how you walked away from your first launch with only $267. So the the feeling of not just like putting time into an offer, um, but putting money into it, right? Like we are investing in technology, subscriptions, website, da-da-da. And I know there's a lot of affordable ways to do it, which was one of the mistakes I made when I started my business was like having all these websites I didn't even need and shopping carts and crazy pages. All of this said, what would be your response or is there a strategy when they're reaching out to their email list and they're making the offer and they're solving the challenge that you're like, this is something to think about that truly I've been seeing create a lot of success in sales. And obviously there's no sweeping strategy for every single market, but curious if you have any feedback there. And then I know I'm giving you a thousand things to to share, but another thing I want to point out for everyone is 
I've got an email list. We've got millions of downloads on this show, but my mom's Insta story has more views than my YouTube channel. So you don't hit it everywhere. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all an experiment, this content putting out um, process. So anyway, what do you have to say to people who are like, I don't want to walk away from my first launch like Amy did with only $267. Okay. So yes, the reason I made a little more than $200 is because I didn't have an email list and the people that were on it, I hadn't emailed them for months and months and months. They had no connection to me. And so I would say before you're going to market something, two things. Number one, I would start growing your email list yesterday. So the next best time is today. It really does make a difference and it makes marketing anything in your business easier. So number one, that was my biggest mistake, but also set realistic expectations. You know, when I, the reason I was so crushed with making $267 is one, that's not a lot of money, but number two, I thought I'd make a hundred thousand dollars. And the reason for that is I looked around on social media and it looked like everyone else was making hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is not true. And you can't trust everything you see online. And I think the better advice is put your head down, do your own work and don't worry about what everyone else is saying online. And so I was disappointed because my expectations were wildly unrealistic for someone who had a tiny email list that I never nurtured, hardly any audience, and I had never launched a course in my life. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. I could have gotten better results if I had grown that email list, but also I wasn't going to make $100,000 in my first launch. It wasn't going to happen. And Mm -hmm. so the expectations was something that you got to be really clear about. I literally just made a podcast episode about it because it could be the killer of your courage and confidence. So you got to be careful there. But you had asked about like what's working right now and what what am I seeing? I really do believe that small offers leading into bigger offers are working really well right now. Right now, and what I mean by that is, we recently we used to do free boot camps, Mm -hmm. and so I would do a boot camp for like two weeks. I teach people the basics of something, and then sell them into okay, if you really want to do this a bigger scale, step by step, get into my course. Mm -hmm. And so when we had a boot camp that was free, we converted at around five percent. When I charged. $47 $47 for that boot camp the next year, we had a 25% conversion. Wow. And I do believe, even in a recession, when you have a really inexpensive, kind of low barrier offer, uh, people, not this is not true across the board, but a lot of the times, when people pay, they pay attention. Mm. And so getting them to put some skin in the game, it changed everything for us. So, and I really like starting with a really low barrier to entry product, nurturing, giving value, showing up for them. That's another thing in a post pandemic world, showing up live for people matters. And I've seen more and more people do it. I've seen more and more people offer one-on-one coaching than I've ever seen before. I see them showing up on live video, being there for people in different ways. It makes a difference coming out of a pandemic. So showing up live matters and also a smaller offer leading into something bigger. We've seen great success with it. And a lot of my students have as well. I love that. And I want to ask questions about those numbers. So you were saying that 5% of people on the free product bought um, a $2,000 program. Okay. 25% bought if you, of the audience that paid $47 to join. Okay. So this is so fun for everyone to hear because whether you have a business or not, it's just like business is one of the most creative pursuits. And I think it's just such a study in human psychology. So how interesting for people. Okay. So kind of going back to the challenges that you would solve, Um, 
I think it's really powerful that, you know, let's say they have a thousand people. They're like, well, what are their challenges? Um, not everyone maybe can afford if they have kids and they're doing the side hustle to, to call every single one of those thousand people. Right. So how do we figure out what are some of your favorite ways to figure out what your next offer is going to be, what challenges you want to solve? Um, and when you're crafting your communications, like I'm, I'm curious if there's something that you really keep in mind as you're doing that after you figure that challenge out. Yes. So when you start to grow an audience, even a small audience, my dad, when I was in second grade, he used to always say, it's better to listen than to talk because I got mm-hmm. talking on my report card every mm-hmm. single quarter. But I really did take that into my business. And I really try to slow down and listen more than just teach, teach, teach to everybody. And so we pay attention to the questions they're asking in our DMs. We do a lot of Q and A's within my communities. Those questions are gold in terms of figuring out our next thing. And we also survey a lot. So let's say I do a launch. We survey the people who, after the nine weeks of going through my program, we survey them to get their feedback, what worked, what didn't. But we also survey non-buyers. Why didn't you buy this? What did you need instead? Non-buyers, you're not going to get a lot of people to answer your surveys, but the ones that do, it is golden. So even if you get 10 of them, pay attention to what they're saying. So surveying, asking questions after the fact, polling, we do a lot of social media polling. Do you like this or do you like that? Um, And then we get into the conversations inside of our DMs, especially Instagram. And we have the conversations, we pay attention, and we document a lot of the live Q&A questions that come in. All of that helps us figure out our next offer. So let me give you an example. Every September, I launch Digital Course Academy. It's a $2,000 program. I teach people from start to finish how to create a digital course and how to launch it. It's my flagship program. But we recently have come out with a one-on-one coaching program where you get the course, but you also get a one-on-one coach for six months to walk you through the entire process and then even after you launch to give you support. And the reason we created that, it's not me coaching, I have a team of coaches, but the reason we created that is so many people told us I didn't finish my course because I needed more accountability. I really wanted someone to hold my hand through the process. I'm new at all of this. It's a lot. I wish I just had a coach. We've heard it over and over and over again. Now, I will still sell thousands of programs in September because a lot of people can't afford my one-on-one coaching or they just want to figure it out on their own. And I love that. But there's a small subset that they really want some handholding. And I know that because they've told me it probably over the last five years, but I've really been taking it serious over the last year now that I have bandwidth to add something else. So you've just got to listen to them. So once you figure out the problem that they have, it's funny you should ask, is there a special way to communicate? Because my answer might've been not as good a few weeks ago, but I recently went through Donald Miller's story brand method. Have you heard of story brand before? Yeah. Yeah. And he has a book. You could get the book really inexpensive or you can go to one of his trainings. But the whole premise is how do you make your customer the hero? You are not the hero. Even though you are teaching, you are giving them the solution, you're giving them a transformation, you are not the hero. And in a lot of our marketing, me included, I've been guilty of making myself the hero. I'll solve all your problems. I'm your girl. I've said it many times, I'm your girl. But if you learn to make your customer the hero, that you're just the guide, I'll show you how to do this, but you're going to celebrate them every step of the way. It's the most magical transformation. So I I recommend the book to everyone listening, but also just this concept of when you look at how you're messaging, are you positioning the people you serve 
as the heroes, the ones that are getting the transformation, doing the work, you're cheering them along, you are their guide. That means you take a back seat. And uh, here's the problem with building a business online. There's a lot of ego involved. <laughs> I'll be the first to say it, right? Here, my face is splashed all over social media. I'm doing my podcast. I'm doing my live videos. But the second I think I'm the hero is where I will lose a lot of people. Mm. And so it's just a really little nuance that goes a long way. I love that mindset shift. Um, okay. So this is really exciting because I feel like people who are listening, they're going to maybe get some confidence from this conversation, um, to get started. Um, what are some myths that you kind of thought were the case? Like I know for me, um, I thought because I built a really big email list, I'm going to do amazing on YouTube. It was like, nobody wanted me there. Um, there's a myth that people who get a lot of PR get a lot of sales. I found that PR builds credibility, not sales. Unless Agreed. it's like huge, huge, huge constant stream of PR. Yes. Um, so are there, I also used to think that in PR that the people who were on the TV were like the sought after experts that people like ran by in the street to go grab them and beg them to be on their show. Little did I know as like somebody who now I have, you know, my Forbes call in the past seven years, more than 700 blog posts on there. I'm like, no, no, no. I have pitched myself shamelessly, you know, going back to that vibe of your, your face everywhere. So yeah. Are there any myths that you think some people might be buying into for better or for worse, just that we can help straighten up right now as they're starting to think about, you know, um, putting content out there, making an impact through the content. And, and what do you have to say when they put like five articles out there and nobody writes back and they're just like, eh, you know, disappointed. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about that one first. You put five articles about out there, five podcast episodes, whatever it might be. And your mom and brother are the only people listening. Yeah. Welcome to early stages of entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's not supposed to all figure work out right from the get go. I don't know any entrepreneur that it just came to them like that. Yeah. And I will say the struggle in the beginning it's so cliche, but it makes you stronger. You, yeah. you become more resilient. You need to have those experiences. We've all had starting from zero, no email list. No one's listening to my podcast. I couldn't grow that podcast for years until I finally figured out, wait a second, this works for me or that works for me. So you it's uh, my friend, Jasmine Starr and I, we always say, as long as you're on the field, you're in the game and you cannot lose. As long as you just keep going, you yeah. will eventually win. So as long as you're taking action and you're in it, you cannot lose. And so you've got to remember that. But all of us have those disappointing first few years, things that happen that we're so frustrated about. Very normal. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, some of the myths that I've experienced, I see my students experience, you have to have a huge email list for it to actually work work for you. Yeah, I have yeah. students who, one of my students, Rob Green, he created his first digital course in uh, quarantine when we all couldn't leave our houses. He had a hundred people on his email list. He made $12,000 with his first digital course. That was very specific. How to take a photo that looks like natural light with your flash photography. I mean, it was very specific. Wow which is probably why it did so well because his audience knew, oh, that's for me, I need that. You do not need to have a huge email list to make five figures or even six figures on a launch. And I have thousands of students who can uh, be proof of that. So that's number one. Let's focus on quality over quantity makes a huge difference. Also, I don't believe you have to be amazing at social media. I've uh, generated over $82 million in my business over the last 14 years, and no one would tell you I am really good at social media. 
media. I'm a little <laughs> awkward. I don't necessarily love it. It's something that I do because I feel like I have a love-hate relationship with it. But you don't have to be everywhere all the time and be a social media queen or king in order for your business to thrive. You need it, yes, but let's not put all our emphasis there. It's not the most important thing. Mm. And then other than that, I think um, a myth in in the very beginning is that um, it should be happening faster. I had yes. a student, I did a Q&A today, and she said, it's just, it's taking a lot longer than it should. And I said, according to who? Who is telling you that this should be faster or you should have more success or anything like that? Out of all the thousands of students that I've helped with successful digital courses, no matter if it took them six months, three months, a year, never once did they say, if I said, congratulations on your five-figure launch or six-figure launch, never did they say, yeah, but I'm so disappointed that took too long. That's not part of our vocabulary once we start seeing success. So stop putting unrealistic expectations and telling yourself this is taking too long. Who said that? Says who? You Mm got to be careful with those limiting beliefs that come up. My final question that I want to ask you is about trauma and failure. I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that course that I sold that did really well, um, I had a whole clusterfuck of experiences, but basically, um, my coach also, um, was handling my Facebook ads. And so it was a conflict of interest. He pushed me to scale. I didn't trust myself. I said, okay, the numbers didn't add up and we went under. And this was so many years ago. Um, I could have claimed bankruptcy. I paid off the debt myself. And I look back on that era and I feel like, oh my gosh, I don't want to like touch the stove because my hand's going to get burned. I'm just going to sit here comfy and let my business roll the way it does. Um, and that's actually what got me to start the U-Turn podcast was I've got everybody here and how can I serve? How can I feel like I'm connecting with them, using my skills? And that's a thing. People think your career is a place that you're supposed to love. I think your career is a place you're supposed to contribute um, mm-hmm. in your highest and best use. So for me, this show was just me contributing during a healing era. And I'm just getting started again back in, in the game. Um, And so I think a lot of people can relate to this feeling of like, I've been burnt before. Why would I, why would I put myself through this? Like, and you know, sometimes I feel like there is a level of healthy insanity to starting a business takes a lot of work. So what would be your message um, for somebody like me or somebody listening that's never started this before, but they've just felt so rejected? Like what are some mindset tools that you use to kind of navigate that? You know, it makes me think of, I know this is just a little example, but the story of Walt Disney, where he got fired from his job because he wasn't creative enough. Yeah. When I hear stories like that in my book, we talk about like four or five different stories of famous people who were told this will never work or have massively failed before they did. And, you know, Oprah, remember when she started her own network and it was really, really rocky, like news story after news story, after she had 20 years of experience being on stage as a TV host in the best of the best, she starts this own network and it does not do well. And all the stories are, this is going to fail. Oprah can't cut it. It's not going to work. And she was interviewed talking about all I have to do is stay in the game. All I have to do is keep going. I will figure this out. And I I love hearing stories like that because she did figure it out. And I think why I say these stories about Walt Disney or Oprah, whoever, all of us, 
All of us have those failures and shame can be tied to them. We can be embarrassed by them. We can regret them, but I don't know any very successful entrepreneur that didn't crash and burn. It's part yeah. of their story and made them who they are. And if you can show your scars proudly and say, look what I've gone through. I feel like that happened to you so that you could do this very important work that you're doing here today. And I think you probably know that where I trust someone who said, oh, I was, I was killing it. And then I wasn't, but here I am back again. Yeah. That makes you very relatable. I'm like, tell me all the things that you know. And so we have to wear those scars as badges of honor because they're so incredibly important for the people that come after us. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that it's normal to feel like, Ooh, I don't want to touch that fire again. I got burned so bad. But then what's the alternative? What are you going to go do? Go back to a J-O-B that you absolutely hate. Go work for someone else when you built this great thing before. Hell no. Yeah. So you got to look at the alternative. If you're not going that way, then we got to go forward. I love that so much. And I remember getting paid to speak on my own failures and I just couldn't even deal with how amusing that was that somebody's pay like paying me to talk about losing all my money. And I was just like recouping all of this debt over that era. I love everything you've shared and I'm so grateful to have had you on the podcast. Where do you recommend everyone go to keep learning from you? I know you have your courses, you have your book, you have so many resources. Well, thanks so much for asking and thanks for having me. This has been such a fun conversation. Uh, my book is two weeks notice. You can get it wherever you find books online or in bookstores, but also I have a podcast called online marketing made easy. I talk about email list building, entrepreneurship, mindset, digital courses, webinars, all that stuff. So that might be a really great place to start with a lot of free advice. Mm, thank you again. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.